Hey guys, Laura here. I wanted to invite you to my Authenticity Workshop on Friday, May 24th. The title of this workshop is Authentic Expression and Why It Will Make You Wealthy. And I use the word wealthy not specifically in the traditional sense, although that's true as well, but also holistically wealthy, um, leading to a life of joy, abundance, and expansion. Because when we learn to authentically express, there's nothing more powerful. And once we learn it, and we bring it to our nurse coaching practice, it echoes into over into every other area of our life. So come for this interactive workshop. It's 30 bucks. You need to register. Link will be in the bio. Thank you. Welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. On this podcast, Laura and Shelby both board-certified nurse coaches show you how to make as much money as you want in private practice as a nurse coach. Hey guys, welcome to the Successful Nurse Coach Podcast. It's Laura today. It is my first episode solo recording in my new office with an actual microphone. You might only hear my dog's little jingle jingle in the background because I don't have the heart to kick her out of my office as I record today. And I'm so excited for this episode. And it's really come from you guys asking me questions. And, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage in, in my career and I'm, I'm in new containers with people who are, have out earned me, who have ran companies much longer than I have, who have coached much longer than I have, who've been entrepreneurs longer than I have. And it's really fun for me to be the small fish in a big sea for, for the first time in a while. And I've been studying everyone around me. I've been studying my mentor. I've been studying the people in my containers, the questions that they ask, the consciousness that they come from, what their fears are, what they're working on, what works for them. I'm just a sponge in that world, absorbing everything that I possibly can about these other people. And, and feeling so inspired. And what I wanted to do is create a little bit of that for you guys, because a lot of you, well, a lot of you who listen to this podcast are our clients already, or have been our clients for a few years. Many of you have just started certification. You're in certification. Um, we also have just nurses who aren't coaches yet listening to this. So I wanted to create this episode to really share with you guys, um, what I've seen and why I'm qualified to do this episode is I have coached over 200 nurse coaches in private practice. I have been the co-instructor for over 200 students in, in the Nurse Coach Collective in certification. Uh, and I've been doing this for over four years. So for four years, I've watched and observed the different trajectories, the different qualities, the different choice points, the different essences, the energy of all different types of, of nurses and nurse coaches. And this episode is me boiling down what I see in the ones that are extremely successful. And, and we're going to define success as constantly growing, constantly moving forward, a certain level of, of happiness, expecting things to go well. Um, success is, is multifaceted, but for, for the purpose of this podcast, it's not just about money. I'm not talking about my top earners. I'm talking about the ones who 
come into this coaching world, come into entrepreneurship and, and go for it and thrive and grow fast. Um, the ones that are completely unrecognizable in a year and the ones that in two years have created a completely different reality for themselves. This is high levels of success in my opinion. And I wanted to take a moment to share what I see. And the reason I'm doing this is I want you to listen to these and I want you to hear them and receive them as a possibility for you. And I'm going to get into curiosity versus judgment, this distinction that I see, but I'm going to get into it first because some of you are going to listen to me talk about what makes these nurse coaches so successful and you're going to find all the ways that you're not those things. That's your default. It's just your conditioning. It's the way that you grew up. It's the particular uh, operating system that your brain is running right now. And some of you are going to hear me say all these things. And by the end of the episode, you're going to be like, damn, I have all these things. Like success is imminent for me. You're going to see like instead of what's unlike. And notice that that's a choice. That's in your power. So um, I'm going to go through some concepts, some distinctions, some ideas, some details, but I want you to try to see how these things are like you. How can you amplify these things in yourself? And then watch when you're in judgment and or when your brain says, oh, I'm not like that. Well, well, that's not me. So I can't be successful. Watch your brain. Watch your brain during this episode. It'll tell us a lot. All right, guys. So when I look at what coaches really make it, and what I mean by make it is they fully embody entrepreneurship. They fully embody themselves as a coach. They have no doubt that they're going to be doing this forever, that this is the beginning of an extraordinary career. This isn't a side hustle. This isn't something they're trying on. This is their calling. When I, This is who I'm talking about. And these can be nurse coaches that do this part-time because they still love their jobs in the hospital. It doesn't have to be all full-time coaches, but they are fully uh, immersed into what's possible for them in their business, in their clients, and in this coaching world. There's so many qualities that I've observed. And what's interesting is, is when Shelby and I first started, she knew what made me successful because we were peer, peer coaches and I knew what made her successful. I observed her and her qualities. I watched her in her first year. She watched me in my first year. We had that. Like when we started our business, we we knew how we did it. We knew kind of what qualities I had, what qualities Shelby had. They were slightly different, what qualities we had that were similar. And we, we drew from that. And then over time, we've drawn from, we've just consistently gathered more data and observing especially this last year. Holy smokes, we learned so much this last year. We're going to learn so much this year of um, what are these similar qualities with our students when we were co-instructors and with our clients. Okay. The first one, of, bar none, without question, is extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. You know, it is, let me give you an example. Um, I'm going to show you extreme, what own, extreme ownership looks like for me today in the company that I currently run. Um, we just got off a three week break. Oh, it's been, it was been great. Uh, our team 
everybody on our team went on vacation at the same time. It's okay. It's between Christmas and the New Year's. It, this is the time where things really slowed down. But also, January 1st, we have lots of, of new things that start to happen, new systems that we've programmed, lots of, of moving parts, lots of opportunity for error, and we had a few errors. And so when I get an email from a client that says, hey, Laura, I got the preceptorship reminder call, but the time was wrong or the day was wrong. Or, hey, Laura, I, I saw this workshop being promoted, but it's saying it's a week away and it's actually two weeks away and I'm confused. Um, extreme ownership means that because Shelby and I run this company, that that error is ours. I do not go to my team member. I, I do not immediately blame my team member, blame somebody else. Um, do I get frustrated? Yes, I get frustrated because I, I want things to go well. But I take complete ownership because somewhere... There was a choice or a decision or something that happened that created errors. And because this is my company and Shelby's company, it is our responsibility. Always. Doesn't matter. No, there are no ifs, ands, or buts. It's, it's, it's our responsibility. Where could we have led better? Where could we have been clearer? Where could we have supported our, our clients better? Where could we have supported our team members better? What's my part? That comes first. And then the next part is, what do we do? What's the decision that we make with this, with what's come up? That's extreme ownership. And successful nurse coaches inherently understand that. I'm thinking of um, someone right now, and I'm going to just give her a shout out, Amanda Johnson. I think Amanda Johnson in the collective, I, should, I was her uh, co-instructor and also in my year-long container with her. She has quiet, extreme ownership. It, and even through really difficult things that, that she had to go through and, and different dynamics and different relationships where she was really the one who was let down, she took extreme ownership. And I just, I'm, I love you, Amanda. I'm giving you that shout out right now. I love that about her. There is no excuses for turning in work late. There's no excuses for creating uh, an agreement with yourself and then not doing it. There's no excuses, period. The brain doesn't go to make excuses to protect the ego. There's just this loving ownership of self. You know, Steve, Steve Hardison, who I love, he had a video about people being on time. And uh, people with extreme ownership, they're on time. They are on time and it, they are early. Let's just say that. They are early. Their on time is early. Not that I'm on time every single time. I, I have, I make, get to calls a few minutes late. I, there are things that I do that aren't precise and that's not what I'm talking about, but it's always up to me whether I'm on time, right? It's always up to me and how I process not being on time. And he has a really cool video about, you know, when people say they, they couldn't be on time, it's, that's a level of not ownership because we control our bodies. If we need to be, if we need to make a phone call at 10 a.m., it is our brain that controls our hand to grab our phone and dial that number. Or it is our body that walks to the car at the pr a particular time to make it to the, the event on time. So extreme ownership can look like, um, always being on time. And if you're not on time, there is a reason and there's a conscious awareness of how can I keep that from happening again? 
what was in my control, what was out of my control. You're constantly like upgrading your system if, if you're out of integrity with your word. Uh, extreme ownership is realizing that you don't have to react to your environment or every thought. You don't have to react. Stuff will happen throughout your day. Stuff will happen in your practice. Stuff will happen with your clients. Extreme ownership is not having to react to every external stimuli. It's owning your own emotional state, owning the thoughts that you you decide to have, being aware of the thoughts that you have so that you can change them if they're not serving you. It's, it's a really intentional, conscious way of being. And I see this. This is something I see across the board with successful nurse coaches. I just see it. There's a level of this. You know, and, and I never had this. This was something I had to cultivate and develop. This was not my, my go-to. I, I, I know I've talked about my past before, but I would quit jobs and just never, never really quit or resign. I just stopped going. Because I, I was so, I was such a people pleaser and I was so afraid of letting people down. And, and once I had decided to move on, I just wanted to be done with it. Um, the, the level of extreme ownership that I have in my own life is, is just getting more and, and, um, more refined as I, as I get older. So this is something if you're hearing this and saying, Oh shit, I'm always late. Oh, I always break promises to myself. She's not talking about me. No, I'm just not talking about this, the current version of you that exists today. But just know we can cultivate it. I did. You can. And, and it's something to try. Try to cultivate. Here's another awesome part of, of who we can be. In the collective, they would send out feedback forms at the end of the year. And I get to read all the feedback about me and the course. And by the way, that it's very close to five out of five. All right. So super, super, super high, amazing feedback, but there's always inevitably some bad feedback and same with our programs. I think we, we are, are similar and, and we get some feedback and we make adjustments, but primarily most people are happy. Um, but notice where you find value around you because I can find value in any coaching container. It's a choice that I have or conversely. I can allow myself to have thoughts about my coach that make my lack of success, my lack of progress, his or her fault. Now, this is nuanced, right? There are definitely higher level containers and there's definitely places for coaches that I have had in the past to improve. Uh, but ultimately, my experience of being coached by them and the value that I chose to have was mine. So there is this extreme ownership and deciding to find value in the containers that they're in. And that doesn't have to just be with Shelby and I or with one of our lead coaches. It's kind of across the board. They're just consistently having good experiences with coaches. You know, who comes to mind with it when I think about this is, is Sean, our lead coach, Sean. She finds value everywhere. Her brain automatically goes to the, the positive um, she finds value everywhere. She finds value in herself. She finds value in the coaches around her. She finds value from her colleagues. And this is different than being in a group and going, gosh, my group is not that engaged. Gosh, my group is, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
doing so much better than the other people in my group. I wish I was in a different group or, uh, you know, my lead coach isn't calling out people enough. There's not enough structure. Like those thoughts happen, but you can see like the difference in, in how you receive your container and how much value you choose to have. Um, and I've noticed that with really successful coaches, they just, they choose to find value. It's where their brain goes. Successful nurse coaches laugh at themselves. Like y'all, we, we're human. Um, we do weird things. We have quirks. We have personality defects. We are not on our A game every seven days a week, 365 days a year, especially me. I am not. Um, and <laughs> on vacation, and I'll give you an example of, of how this really works is on vacation. Uh, I, I had kind of gotten to my, my limit of, of, uh, stimulation. I was craving home. I was staying with my, my in-laws. I love them staying with them and driving in the car. And my husband kept on asking me to do things when we were driving and like check things and, and do things on my phone. And my kids were talking to me and I just got to the point where I was done. And I said to Evan, I said, um, when we get home, I want to be anywhere that you're not like, I just need you to not be where I am. And <laughs> We both just started laughing and I was serious. I was so irritated with him and we just laughed. It was, it was so funny. Um, when things really go wrong, like really go wrong, um, Shelby laughs, you know, and, and we find we use humor in those moments where it could go either way. There's, and there's a lot of emotion in the body. There's a lot of energy in the body and watch what your, uh, where you tend to take that. And see if you can just cross over to the line to humor. And nurses are so good at this, you guys, right? Like we, like dark humor is literally how you get through ICU shifts. We have to have it. Have it here. Have it here with yourself. A little bit of playfulness with yourself. Playfulness with your clients. It goes a long way. So that's another quality I've noticed. Um, Shelby's great at this. She's really great at this. Um, there's lots of people who are really great at this. Amy Owen is fantastic at this. She'll, before she tells you a story about a thought that she had or, or something that she did that, that's, that's, um, something she wants coaching on, she'll start laughing before she even starts to tell us. And I loved that about her. And this is, laughter's going to save you. It will save you in moments where it, where a moment could really take you down. And so really accessing the ability to laugh at yourself, to find humor in yourself and your humanness and your messiness, um, as opposed to judgment. So it's a, it's a hack. Keeping your ego in check. The ego is, well, that's, the ego is a lot of things. And the ego is the part of us that believes that we're separate from others, which we're not. The ego is the part of us that's always categorizing us as higher or lower or less than or more than a comparison. It's always trying to find order in, in itself in, in separating the self from others. It, uh, it likes certain things. It dislikes certain things. It wants to run the show. And it's, it's really this part of us that we have to live with as a human being. Um, but it's not really who we are. Like at the core of who we are, it's not our ego and the ego is not bad. There's a purpose for it, but keeping it in check. And, and what I mean by keeping it in check is don't not be confident. Don't not share that you're killing it. Um, I, I'm 
very confident. I'm very, uh, I, I brag about myself all the time, not to make other people like me or make me feel better because I believe that it's true. But keeping the ego in check in all the sneaky ways, it wants to keep you safe. So the ego will try to keep you doing the same thing over and over and over again. It wants to take the safer path. It wants to take the easy path. It'll place thoughts in your mind that keep you feeling small, that are, make you afraid. And so really, again, it's that self-awareness, the extreme ownership, and checking your ego. And I want you to be a confident coach. I want you to be able to receive praise and really stand in it with your shoulders back and receive it. And you can also simultaneously be humble, aware that you don't know it all, that you'll never know it all, that you're always one day away from being better, from learning, from changing. So really understanding your ego and, and how to work with it. We don't destroy it. We don't get rid of it. We just work with it. You know, we get accustomed to it. Um, it just doesn't have as much power over us. But with, with incredible success, the ego does all sorts of things. It creates upper limits. Um, it, it just attacks you in different ways. So successful nurse coaches, I think, they keep their ego in check. They're aware, very self-aware, and they're constantly doing work around that. I also want to say that when we are walking our talk as a coach, you know, me doing this podcast today, I feel abundant. I feel blessed. I feel inspired. I feel like, gosh, I just, I just committed to investing in a, in a spirituality company, investing my own personal capital in a spirituality company on a gut shot. Um, we just bought a house yesterday. It's life is incredibly good. And simultaneously, um, I'm still working on being kind. I'm really working on trying not to judge. I'd love to be more present with my children and able to play with them in a way that I have a difficulty doing. So when we model these ways of being, this by me modeling who I am to you on this podcast, it creates value for you and it creates a reference point for you to be like. You're doing that for your clients. So all this work we talk about, the extreme ownership, keeping our ego in check, and all the other things I talk about, when we do them, when nobody is looking, when we do them in our lives, in our interactions, in our relationships, in the other parts of our lives, that shines through. It's transmitted to our clients. Successful coaches are constantly reinventing themselves, doing the work, never arriving, laughing at themselves, loving themselves, crying, failing, we're all those things, and we model that to our clients. Um, another little nuanced distinction is, is successful coaches, they don't compartmentalize in their life. So they don't just want to make a million dollars. They want to make a million dollars and nail it in their relationship and nail it as a parent and be healthy and eat well. They want the whole enchilada, Right. There's this awareness of, of the holistic view. It's not um, balls to the walls in, in some areas of their life and complete stagnation and flatlined in others. We're, we're aware of it. And so all boats rise, like all these compartments of ourselves. If, if they all if theoretically 
we're holding water and they're all at different levels. You know, like right now my physical health, because I've been on vacation and I was sick, is probably like a, I would say like a six or a seven and all my others are higher. So really today in this moment, the boat that needs to rise is my, is my physical health. And I have some plans to rise, to, to take actions this week to, to keep that coming up because I know everything else will suffer if I don't pay attention to that. So successful coaches do not compartmentalize their life. They don't see this as a side gig or, or a way to make money. They see it as a way to become the human they were meant to be and inspire others to do the same. Do you see that distinction? So successful coaches don't look at this as a way to make money. They look at it as a lifestyle that they're committed to forever, that they're going to inspire others with their own actions in their own life. There's this continuity. There's not compartmentalization. Every area is your responsibility, not just, not just your business. Uh, successful people don't procrastinate. And I, I, I'm not saying that I don't procrastinate. I'm not saying that all my, the successful people I know don't procrastinate. Um, but there is an element of facing that and making it a habit not to. So being very integrous with your, your word. If you say you're going to do something with your coach, doing it, not procrastinating, taking action when you don't feel like it, taking action when you're not ready. And, and really what that looks like is pretty boring. People who don't procrastinate have really boring lives. Successful people have very boring lives. They eat the same 18 to 20 foods per week. They go to bed early or at the same time every day. They have a routine that's pretty damn boring. They're doing this, they, they count on their habits and their routine to create momentum over time. It's not sexy. Procrastination cannot exist when you're in ownership. They're in, they just bump head to head against each other. When you write down an action step, it happens. And that's a habit and that can be cultivated and you can create that. 75 hard is a fantastic way to begin to facilitate that. In my opinion, uh, that's a more masculine trait. I feel like nurse, nurse coaching in general can feel really feminine and well, I'm going to just journal today and see how I feel and see how the, where the day takes me. There's an element of that that's really important to, to harness for your creativity, but there's an element of also get your ass up and take action every day. There's that masculine part too that we balance. And I feel like our successful coaches, they, they weave in and out of the feminine and the masculine, but they embody both. And each one of us coming into this, we, we have more of that energy of one of those energies than another because we're all totally different. And so it's not wrong or right where you're starting. It's just being a, a, taking an assessment where you are and then bringing things into balance by um, intentionally cultivating the different parts of yourself to, to create balance between the, the masculine and the feminine. For successful coaches, stagnation is more painful than the fear of trying something new. Consider this as a possibility. Entrepreneurship is a series of decisions. You make decisions every day. You make de There's so many decisions that you make that you don't make when you're an employee. When you're an employee, you do not decide when you go to work. You do not decide what time you start. You usually don't decide what time you take your lunch. You don't decide what patients you have. You don't decide what tasks you do. There's a lot of stuff that's not your decision. And in entrepreneurship, everything is. 
how many hours you work, when you start work, what kind of work you're going to do, what task you're going to do, what are you going to learn, what are you going to invest in. So being an entrepreneur requires you to make decisions swiftly with confidence over and over and over and over and over and over again. Okay? So in the beginning, this is a brand new muscle and it can be a little bit overwhelming. But stagnation, staying where you are, like the thought of things staying the way that they currently are, is more painful for you than the possibility of making a decision and it being the wrong decision. And and there are no perfect decisions. Being decisive, if you make multiple decisions every single day, swiftly and with confidence, you're going to make some wrong decisions or bad decisions, which you'll find later are actually a lesson and aren't a bad decision. But you, you lose the fear of making a bad decision. I have more of a fear of not of stalling and not making a decision. I have a more fear of indecision. Okay. I see that new nurse coaches, they have a thought, I want to create a Facebook group to create lead magnets. And they don't wait six months to do it. They have a thought. And then an hour and a half later, they have a, a clunkety Facebook group created. Now, there are a few areas you don't want to be too overambitious in. And, and if you have really big leads, you're just starting your practice and you have like a, a surgeon that wants to refer clients to you or a doctor that wants to partner with you and you don't have your website and you haven't coached anybody and you haven't done any proposals, slow down there. There are some some areas where you want to have some uh, support in making the right decisions at the right time. But mostly, it's that you can have a thought you can write it down and you can take action quickly. But Shelby's such a great example of this. You know, we'll be on a team meeting call. We'll have a thought about something we want to do. Uh, maybe, for example, hey, remember that retreat center that you looked at? She's like, sure. She grabs her phone. She calls the retreat center in the middle of our meeting to see if they have space. She doesn't even put it on a list. If it can be done in less than three minutes, don't even put it on a list. Just do it. If you have a thought about somebody that you could serve, you just message them. You don't think about messaging them. You just message them. You have a post that you want to do, go sit on the toilet and do your post. Don't categorize it and then look at your schedule and think, well, I'll put it in my content calendar or I'll do it at my desk at between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Thursday because that's when I do my content. Like That's all bullshit. You have a thought. Give yourself permission to make decisions quickly and take action. That was ranty. I I realized that. Um, I think that's just one of those really, 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 really important uh, realities to embrace if you're going to do this coaching thing. Successful coaches are good at being new. They're just good at being new. Like, what does that actually mean? It means that You've done new things so many times that you now trust your ability to do new things and it doesn't matter what it is and that it's going to work out. I have a call today with uh, my new mentor and it's a group call. I don't even know like how they go, what I'm supposed to do. I'm totally unprepared. It's, it's going to be in an hour. It's new. Uh, I'm totally okay with going in and asking the wrong questions, using the call wrong, and then people telling me that I'm doing it wrong. That's fine. That's how I'll learn. It doesn't matter as I'm good at being new. Okay. Old Laura would go be a fly on the wall for months 
trying to get the, take the emotional temperature of the room to study everybody and decide how I needed to be to fit in. I don't need to do that anymore. I'll just go be me and figure it out. And it's okay if I do something wrong. So how can you be good at being new? Where have you already been fantastic at being new? Nurses are great at this, by the way. We forget all these skill sets translate over. We're constantly being pulled to different departments that we're not trained in. I mean, we are, we actually are by nature good at, at doing things that are new. Every patient's new. Allow yourself to be good at being new at this. Allow yourself to be good at being new at running a business. Allow yourself. Successful coaches allow the pursuit to be enough. The pursuit of the journey of the practice of their dreams. They're like in it. They're loving. They, they realize that this has lots of parts to it. They realize there's lots of no's. They realize there's lots of things that they do that does not have pos- a positive feedback loop with instant gratification. And they fall in love with the pursuit. They fall in love with the reps. Let me give you an example, a gym example. People who are really fit don't go to the gym every day because they want to have abs in their bikini. People who are really fit are in love or committed to the process of working out regularly over time. So they've fallen in love. They've created a way to fall in love with the pursuit. And that's enough. It is not about the abs. It's not about the result. The result is secondary. It just happens with time. It's inevitable. Uh, So many nurse coaches hire us. They make 25 posts on their Facebook invite 10 people to coaching conversations. And if they haven't made any money, then there's something wrong with the coaching training. There's something wrong with their business mentor. There's something wrong with their niche. There's like no commitment to the pursuit, right? Like that's a decision that we have. Um, when I equate it to birth, I love this visual, you know, in, For women who are listening that have given birth, labor happens and the more relaxed and trusting that you are of your body, the more, the faster that you progress, the more medical interventions and the more stress or uh, you trying to have control tends to, to not have a positive effect on your labor. And birthing a business is like labor. And there's moments where it's really fun. There's moments where it's, it's incredible that you're excited and there's moments you really want to quit and you don't feel like you can do it anymore. Um, but we fall in love with the pursuit of, of that moment, that season of our life, as opposed to constantly thinking, I don't want to do this. I want to already be done. I already want to have the baby. I already want the business to be successful. You realize in, in this particular season, you're in this particular moment where you're collecting no's where you are going to get a lot of rejection and that's expected and normal and really a badge of honor so that if you get 10 rejections, you can celebrate. Successful nurse coaches get this. They embrace it. They fall in love with the pursuit. Uh, Successful nurse coaches, they invest in themselves even when it doesn't make sense. They just do. And again, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be our programs. It doesn't have to be Shelby. It doesn't have to be with us. But there's a choice point that you make when you double down on yourself in business, and that usually involves hiring a really good mentor. I would say that 
this this doesn't even count the same quality uh, the same category of of buying a course and doing a course. It's not the same thing. Okay? It's the the moment that you put more money than you're comfortable with into a space that's designed to change you and you make that decision and you do it. I don't know how you can ever hold space for other people making that decision if you don't do it first. One of the funniest things I hear is, oh, Laura, I I found another business coach and they're so much cheaper and they're giving me everything I need. And I'm great. That is fantastic. That's that's wonderful. Have you had any paid clients? Well, no, but I have I have my business set up and my fa- my Facebook's really fancy and my Trello board set up and my email and my Google Drive and my website and my business cards and my office is organized. Um but they are unable to walk people through a decision to invest with them because the direction they went was too easy and or wasn't in alignment with who they needed to be. So uh, successful coaches like me, like Shelby, like everybody on our team, like multiple, so many of our clients, um, their first decision to go all in is an indicator that they're going to be successful. And it's a tough, it's a hard decision to make. It's not comfortable. It makes you feel like you want to vomit. There's lots of doubt. There's lots of uncomfortable sensations in your body that you need to go through. And successful nurse coaches do that. That was a lot. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I've been able to watch um, so many human beings go from, gosh, even like Barbie Buckles, who just graduated year two. I talked to her before she went to certification. She signed up for certification, went through certification, hired me for two years. I just watched her over and over and over again say yes. Yes to herself, yes to the work, excitement about the work, excitement about the client, excitement about what's possible. And now she is in training to be a public speaker. And it's so cool to watch the evolution of a human being from being brand new, just the uncertainty, not sure what they want to create, to all the stages in between. It's like a a ceremony that I get to be a part of. And if you're listening to this and you're realizing that there's a lot of these qualities that you have, fantastic, fantastic. See the similarities. Everybody listening to this has the capability of creating whatever they want. Truly. I'm proof. I have proof. It just is. That's the reality I live in. We create miracles. We create blessings. We create out of thin air, whatever we want. That is completely on the menu for you. And if you listen to this and you saw a lot of areas that you needed improvement in or that you found differences in, just just be aware that that was your first thought. And that's the probably the first place we need to start because that can all be changed with time. So this is my unofficial list of what I have seen makes people successful in their first year, second year in business. So it's extreme ownership. It's curiosity versus judgment. 
you know, curiosity of the self instead of judging the self, curiosity in others instead of judging others, laughing at yourself, owning everything in your world and in your life, not compartmentalizing, realizing you're a holistic being, all boats rise, what compartment's the lowest, what needs the love, what needs the support, modeling extreme ownership to your clients through who you be in the world, and being a really good new person who does boring things regularly. I mean, that's the, that's the secret sauce right there. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you are just finishing the cert, which I think a lot of you will be, come to our new grad workshop. Let me find out when that is. Our new grad workshop is going to be January 25th at 11 a.m. Central Standard. You can register for it in our group. This new grad workshop is going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to do a whole lot of teaching because we have previous new grad workshops already posted on our website, which is really the the questions that you guys are going to be answering yourself. Um, What I want to do with this new grad workshop is make it more experiential. Um, You can be coached if you want to be coached. So come, come to that. We also have a breathwork workshop coming up, which I'm not sure if that would be already passed, but we have workshops every month. Come hang out with us in our free Facebook group and come to some of our events. And if you're looking for a good one-on-one coach, just email me, info at thesuccessfulnursecoaches.com, and I can give you some fantastic recommendations. You can also check out our community on our website where we have a little blurb about a lot of our previous clients And you can read about them and contact them directly if you're looking for a one-on-one coach. And I hope you're having an amazing Monday and that you spend the rest of your day realizing that a lot of these qualities that I said on this podcast, you already have. It's you. You can do it. All right, team. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. 